Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Read the Bible, a podcast where we take a deep dive into biblical topics in a way that's easy to understand. If you would like to follow along, you can download the YouVersion Bible app and subscribe to the Bible in a Year reading plan. We also have PDFs available on our website for download, grove.church. Yes, and as usual, if you have any questions, we would love to take some time as much as we can in our podcast week to week to answer those questions. And as chance so happens to have it, today is one of our Q&A episodes. We're going to take some time to answer those questions. But here's where you can send those questions to us. You can send them via email at info at grove.church, or you can direct message our Facebook page. We are the Grove Church in Washington State. Uh, you can send those to our DM, and we will get the questions there too. So thanks for sending those questions. There you go. So it's a Q&A episode today, and it's also a special day because we have with us, for the first time actually ever in the history of Let's Read the Bible, a oh, guest... Oh, snap. Drum roll, please. A guest host, a third person on the mic, and that would be my brother, Brett. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, no, no problem. Glad you're here. Yeah, that's we're, what we're the, stoked. That, that's what they say. Brett's my favorite so. Westerfield. I just want to go on the air and say that. Yes. I'm, I'm, I might be my favorite Westerfield, too. That hurts. <laughs> uh, but our, our sister is getting married this weekend, so the whole family's up. And then when I was down there last time, uh, Brett actually had me on as a guest on his podcast, so I figured I'd return the favor. So now we've, now we've so been it's on... A, it's a sympathy invite. It has nothing yeah. to do with actually what wanting you, ta- you on it. What are you it's a pulpit about? trade. Just kidding. It's a pulpit <laughs> trade. <laughs> So there you go. Uh, and that podcast, if you want to check it out, it's called the Echo Youth Podcast. So they kind of do something similar to what we do. It's just more it's more geared towards the uh, the young people. Yeah, we so. do some goofy stuff at the end uh, to keep the, the youngin's attention span. Them young bucks. Yeah, in- intact. So There you go. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so with that being said, we have a couple uh, questions that came in. We have three questions that have come in over the last few weeks. Uh, from our favorite listener, Tim. Yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to pick favorites, well, but... I mean, but he's, he's well, and I'll also say this. Some of you may be wondering what happened in our episode last week. Um, Evan was at men's conference and oh, yeah. got hurt. <laughs> uh, I'll let him share the story if he wants to. But So he was actually <laughs> unable to be a part of it, and my schedule got crazy where I was trying to, to record one on my own, answer some of these questions. It just didn't work out, so we apologize for not having a podcast last week, but... Uh, this week we get to have a podcast, which is why we have a third voice, uh, which is going to be fun. I feel like I'm going to be the third wheel, guys, just so you know. So I, I feel like that already. So Don't even, don't say that. It's man. too late. It's too late. I already feel that way. But yeah, I was racing, <laughs> a, racing a golf cart at men's conference, and then the cart crossed the finish line. I wasn't in it, and then I uh, broke my knee. <laughs> so I'm I'm currently in a wheelchair right yes. now, as we're, uh, and I'll be in the one till August. So, so Jesus comes back. Good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this feels like it. So anyway, but enough about me. Enough yeah. about our, our personal lives but we're here we're back we're ready to record a new episode so and we're here talking we through your questions so first one question one says this in acts 10 peter visits cornelius and the focus is is how on is on how peter who was told three times to get the message across was allowed to spend time with gentiles as far as i can tell this is the first evidence of a roman who followed the way as a senior public figure in the Roman army, how much of a risk would it have been to be associated willingly with someone like Peter? Okay, so that's a really good question. Yeah. So there's a couple things. It's good critical thinking, too, to think through. Yeah. I think there's there. a couple things that we have to remember with the historical context of this. So number one, at this point early on in, the, in church history... Christianity and Judaism are not considered separate things. Mm-hmm. So the, the it's almost like the way that we would the way that they would consider Christianity or the way back then is kind of the way that we would consider I don't know like Baptists and Presbyterians. <laughs> like it's just like you're kind of, I don't know like you have some different thinking but you're not a whole separate religion. You know what I mean? Maybe it's more aptly to say like Catholics and Protestants, I don't know. But 
the the basic you just offended idea, a whole lot of Catholics Baptists, with that. Man, <laughs> unclean and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> joking, we're joking. <laughs> but any, anyway, so number one, um, most of the Romans at this point probably would have viewed followers of the way as just kind of converting over to Judaism, which in itself would have probably been some minor persecution. But and I'm I'm being very careful with how to say this because at the time of the story, yeah, it probably yeah. was not going to mean a lot. Now during Cornelius's lifetime. He probably was very heavily persecuted. Yeah, uh, because yeah. we know when when Nero comes to power, things start to go south for Christians really, very quickly. Yeah, and, and really it doesn't. I mean, it lets up. There's kind of ebbs and flows, but it really doesn't fully let up until the the 300s when Constantine converts the mm-hmm. emperor of of, uh, of Rome, and that's when Rome kind of officially becomes a Christian empire. Yeah, and then and then we get you know we don't need to go through all of history, but during Cornelius's lifetime when he first converted over. And, and this thing, it's, it's really conjecture, right? So it's, it's really who knows. I would imagine some of his friends and fellow soldiers looked down on it. Um, there was probably some persecution there. Um, and then later on in his life, around I think around the mid-50s is when Nero started to really persecute Christians. So that's when it could have... And we don't hear anything in the Bible about what happens. But yeah. that's where I could, I could have seen maybe he does get arrested or maybe he does get fired. Um, from his post, maybe he has to take his family and run away. We just don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's probably about what it would look like. I don't know if you guys have any extra thoughts there, Brett. Uh, yeah, I would. I would say it's interesting because probably from what I was gathering, looking at, it probably would have been actually more dangerous for Peter than it was for Cornelius at this time. Yeah. Of, for them to be together. Not that it was necessarily like physically dangerous for Peter, but it was like super frowned upon from like um, traditional like Orthodox Jews to be hanging out with a Roman soldier, and uh, especially because this is kind of during the time, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, where they're kind of like dealing with the clean and unclean Gentile kind of conversation. Oh yeah, for sure. So, yeah, like you said, I think eventually it was dangerous for. Cornelius, but at that time, it was probably Peter was probably the one who got chastised the most during this story. I would say. Yeah, most of the early persecution of the church would have been from the Jews, yeah. and then it, and then it flips. Yes. Um, I wouldn't say flip, but the then in, it shifts. In eighty seventy, bad things happen. Very bad <laughs> so things. So after that, the uh, the Jews didn't really have much of an opportunity <laughs> to persecute Christians, and the Romans really took that over. So, which actually that was a pretty good segue, Brett, into our next question. Uh, which I planned that out. I don't know if you knew that, but I'm just kidding. I just realized all three of these questions have a greeting in a different language. Yeah, I was, was going to say, you kind of missed the most important part of the question when you read it. That's Aloha. my bad. The first Aloha. one says, Aloha, Evan and Aaron, or and Aaron and Evan. The second one says, Bonjour. And then the third one says, Guten Morgen. So, which actually, it's Guten Abend right now. So, but what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> Not that. If I could mute your mic, I would totally <laughs> mute it right now. There's no, I guess you could unplug that. Anyway, so. Yeah, that might hurt our listeners' ears. So. All right. I care too much about our listeners. Next question says, Bonjour, Aaron and Evan and Brett. Uh, Question. In Acts 21, Paul returns to Jerusalem. Then in verse 21, it is highlighted that it's okay for Gentiles to live outside of the law. Uh, And then he includes some scripture, but I'm going to skip that for now. Uh, So at the very end, it says, Why would Paul preach that it was okay for others to break the law when he wasn't allowed to? Seems like a bit of a double standard. So, Oh, snap. Oh, calling out. Wow, you hypocrite Paul, you. So it's actually actually a good question. So I'm going to read the whole whole passage here that it's referring to. So it says, this is Acts 21, 19 through 25. 
It says, after greeting them, he related one by one the things that God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And this is Paul talking to the, uh, the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. Uh, and when they heard it, they glorified God, and they said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands there are among the Jews of those who have believed. They are all zealous for the law. And they have been told about you that you, che- that you teach that all the Jews who are among the Gentiles f- to forsake Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or walk according to our customs. What then is to be done? They will certainly hear that you have come. Do therefore what we tell you. We have four men who are under a vow. Take these men and purify yourself along with them to pay their, and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads. Thus, all will know that there is nothing in what they have been told about you, but that you yourself also live in obedience to the law. But as for the Gentiles who have believed, we have sent a letter with our judgment that they should abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. Sorry. Right, so there you go. So Paul is, and this is toward the end of Paul's ministry here. He's going back to Jerusalem. Ultimately, he's going to go to the temple, and that's when he ends up being arrested. And then we get that whole area where he's like, I'm a Roman citizen. And then he goes kind of, he takes his big, yeah, he takes his big long trip to Rome. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of the end of Acts here. So this is the beginning of that. All right. So, but our listener brings up an excellent question. So Paul's whole ministry, not whole ministry, but what he's famous for in his ministry is taking the gospel to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. He takes it to Mm -hmm. the Greeks. He takes it to the Romans. He he goes through all these different, uh, all these different cities and plants churches. And one of his big messages is that the Gentiles are no longer held, or if you want to worship God, you're no longer held under the Mosaic law. And Gentiles who convert, they don't have to all of a sudden start following the law, which means they don't have to get circumcised, which to be honest, as an adult would be a huge bummer. So (laughs) that would be be a real sticking point. Uh, But they also, it also means they don't have to follow the dietary laws and they don't have to follow all the festivals. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what he's talking about. So he comes back to Jerusalem. And there's these rumors that have been spread, and all of the Jews around are saying, like, well, hey, this is Paul, and he keeps telling people that when they follow Jesus, because again, at this point, remember, it's not necessarily seen as a whole separate religion, it's just seen as you're following a rabbi. Um, but it, he's, being, he's telling the Jews, if you follow Jesus, all of a sudden, you don't have to do these things. And so this is point of contention. And so Paul actually goes in, and he follows some of the Jewish rites uh, to show them that that's not what he's saying. So let's discuss couple different thoughts here i think it's it's one thing that's important to say is they're they're purposely misrepresenting what he says right because he doesn't mm-hmm. go in and say attention everyone <laughs> attention yeah attention, attention every- every- what he says is this mic on yeah what he's saying <laughs> is that the gentiles who convert over to christianity are not held by the old law paul doesn't actually say that much about the the Jews and mm-hmm. what they're supposed to do. Yeah. But we also know that Paul I don't that Paul doesn't think that the Jews are held under on under the law either because Paul himself uh engages in things that are that break the Jewish law. And so does Peter, because that's the whole thing where him and Peter fight, right? Is because yep. Peter like when he was hanging out with the Gentiles, he's eating pork and having a good time and then he comes Party. back. <laughs> so that's the whole which you know of all the of all the things that are part of the umbrella mm-hmm. of the incredible redemptive work of Christ being able to eat bacon is definitely <laughs> is really is really high up. How there. could you? Yeah, no, you're right though. <laughs> so here, so here's the question for discussion: Is does this make Paul a hypocrite for saying these things, but then coming back into Jerusalem 
and purposely doing these Jewish rites in order to show people that he himself still follows the law. But why, but I'm just why? kidding. No, I, I think <laughs> that's, I mean, you've already hit it a little bit, but I think it, it, it really hinges on who is he speaking to. Um, what he was talking to in the middle of that, the conversation was about the Gentiles, which that's a whole different demographic of people. Um, and so Paul, I mean, Paul is living to a standard himself, um, but just because he's allowing or freeing other people to not live according to that standard because their tradition and their, uh, their, their culture doesn't demand it, um, I think that's... I think it's, it's much like today. I think, you know, even this past week, Pastor Nick was on the platform talking about drinking for a bit. Um, it's just like a side note and, and to compliment his message. And he doesn't drink. I, I don't drink. Um, but it doesn't mean that if you do, you're sinning. It has everything to do with what's the conviction God's called you to. Um, but I think contextually, Paul is speaking to a Gentile audience, which are not held to the Jewish law, the Old Testament mm-hmm. law. And so what he's doing is he's bringing a gospel, much like he's called to, to the Gentiles, and how does that, and, and then has communicated how does that impact them to live in response to it. So, um, and then when he comes back and lives and in a, in a, in a, in adjusts his life based upon the Jewish law, is because he's a Jewish citizen, like he's he's a, he's a Jewish leader, um, and so his his standard is different than the Gentile standard. It's not making him a hypocrite. It's just the difference of audience and culture and faith-based reality, I guess, if that's a way to say it. So that's yeah. what I said, no. I would agree. I, I would agree with that. I mean, from what I've known, and you guys can chime in correct, but, like, a lot of what Paul did was to, like, connect to both, like, demographics. Like, he, he went from being called Saul to being called Paul. That was for a reason, right? And then, and then being in these different places with the Gentiles and then also following the law was to, I think also to like relate and like you said, to like follow the, the cultural law and things like that in that space. But it's a lot like today and like probably a less, obviously a lesser like standpoint, but like if you are like an ordained minister in like a certain like denomination, you follow certain, uh, like rules, regulations, like, or, or, what what that denomination would like ask of you and like that's more of like a conviction conviction thing like right. not everybody does but i think it's more closely related to that so i i would i wouldn't say that paul's a hypocrite necessarily i think he's trying to um he he, he is like like aaron was saying he's a jewish citizen so he's going to follow certain rules but also he like is preaching the real gospel and has like conviction for the other side too as well Great discussion. I think we solved the world's problems here. So might good, as well. Good round. As long as we're here. I tip my hat. All right. Last question here. Uh, I thought it was kind of an interesting one. So this is the one that begins with Guten Morgen, gentlemen. Uh, really quick question. Can you explain Psalm 45? Aside from some possible messianic references, it doesn't seem very God focused. It feels out of place. All right. So Psalm 45 is interesting. It's a little bit of a. It was. I was reading it. Yeah. It's a little bit of a, a unique. I don't know what you call it, a unique duck, maybe. I think I've heard that expression quack, before. Quack. A quack. Uh, but here's kind of just to give you an idea of the way it goes. So it says, my heart overflows with a pleasing theme. I address my verses to the king. And this is lowercase king. So it's for sure speaking about the, like a, an earthly king. This mm-hmm. is God here. My tongue is like the pen of a ready scribe. You are the most handsome of the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your splendor and majesty. In your majesty, ride out victoriously for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. Let your right hand teach your awesome deeds. Your arrows are sharp. 
and the heart of the king's enemies, the people fall under you. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of uprightness. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with an oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From ivory, palaces, stringed instruments make you glad. Daughters of kings are among your ladies of honor, and at your right hand stands the queen in gold of Ophir. So I'll, we'll stop there because it just kind of goes on praising the king, right? Okay. <laughs> so this is kind of, this is an interesting one just because, well, like, what the heck is going on here <laughs> a little bit? Well, language. So Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Dear listeners. Uh, <laughs> so We just lost like 14 people following <laughs> us, so thanks for there that. There you go. Wow. Uh, one we thing- said at the beginning, no hex, no swears. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! All right. So one thing to start off with, Aaron, do you have who who wrote the psalm? Does it Sons say? of Korah. Sons of Korah. Okay, so that's what I was curious. Here's about. the thing too: is it says it's a love song. Ooh. So that's part of the reason why it's it's a little different than how we would traditionally view the psalms. But you also got to remember too: David wrote psalms that, I mean, Song of Solomon as well as another one. Like David wrote psalms that were not always addressing the king as the mighty, like God the Father. You know, God, as God the Creator. Um, so that's part of it too. Is like that's why it's, I think it's important to it's a, it's a royal wedding song too, according to the CSB. So Ooh. that's part of what's going on here too. Is that that piece of it? So man, your CSB gives you all the notes. Yeah, see, that's thing. why it's a better version than Evan's standard version. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, talk- I don't know if you know this, Brett. Evan and I go back and forth about which, what's the better version. I'm an oh. I'm an English he, standard version guy, and, I, and I've I've fallen in love with the Christian standard Bible. So it's the standard for Christian Bibles, but. I mean, mine's the standard for the English language. I read a lot of ESV, but I, I don't. I don't necessarily plant my feet on. Like, I like to read a bunch of different. You don't like to plant your feet on solid ground. I believe it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, that's <laughs> typical of an Brett's ESV like, is this person. Sand? Just said, let me build my house on this. I mean, that, I mean, that's the easy short answer. Is is the context is it's a it's a royal wedding song, so to speak. It's a mm-hmm. love song. It's from the sons of Korah. Um, from the choir, it's the one of the, it's like from the choir director, according to the, the quote unquote lilies, a masculine, which I don't know what a masculine is. I was oh, just trying either. to figure that out. Um, but so I'll let you guys talk and figure it out. There you go. So one thing I think it, that actually it made me think of, and I think this is where it is actually really God centered, is it's a song about the glory of the king, right? Mm-hmm. And about how the king is just incredible and also how he's really handsome, which, you know, I, like I know Brad. how that feels. Um, <laughs> but it's, Thank you. But it's, it's, uh, it's talking through all those things. But then here's what it says in the middle, in the middle of the psalm. Your throne, O God, is forever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of, upright, of uprightness. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. So here's the psalmist talking about the glory of the king. And what does it make the psalmist think of? It makes them think about the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that is absolutely the right stance mm-hmm. for so many things, is the, the, the king arrayed in all of his glory and the wedding feast and all of these things that were that would be happening is it would have been one of the most spectacular sights for an ancient person you know because today like the weddings that like the common people throw today are just like these extravagant bashes that you could never afford you know what I mean it's just kind of, it's funny how much wealth we live in as a it's society just funny you today. call them the common people of today 
the common well yeah like like <laughs> my like my wedding common i'm including, I'm including common mine folk but i'm saying you know like we're not like like when i got married like it was a great party but it's not like we're like millionaires or anything like that it was just a fun party um but those would have been like these incredibly extravagant feasts back in the day but here's my point the the glory of the king and the glory of that moment is a, is a shadow of what ultimate glory is and i think it's absolutely appropriate that the psalmist looks at that glory and thinks that reminds me of the greater glory of God mm-hmm. and, and immediately attaches there. And then also the psalmist makes it clear that uh, God has anointed you. It's not that they are put on the throne, but it's that God has chosen you for this moment and God has anointed you for this moment. And I think it, it's a it's a really wonderful picture of what we should be doing throughout our lives, right? And I think we, we talked about this on the podcast a lot, but you know the the deep love that my wife and I feel for each other. That's a, a shadow of the even deeper love that God feels for me. Uh, the church and the sense of community that we get from that is a shadow of the deeper sense of community that we will one day have as the capital C church in heaven. And I think in this, we're getting a picture of that where the things in this life that are true and beautiful should always direct our attention from that to God and never, just allowed to terminate there. And I think that's what's happening in this psalm. So I don't know if you guys had any any. No, I think it's good. I think I I read some stuff that it, uh, and I I read some things that said it was pointing towards Solomon and Pharaoh's daughter that were married. Ooh. Uh, And so, but... If it was Solomon, it was certainly a party. I know. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I read that some see it as Solomon and Pharaoh's daughter, and there, uh, I said there's others that see that. It makes sense because it's kind of like this wedding song, love song. And then also, the, so there's that like very real aspect, like you said, with like the lowercase k for king. Like it has to be talking about somebody, and a lot of speculation says that it would be that. Um, but then I also think like, you're saying like just the the kind of reverence towards God in the midst of like things that are happening on earth is really cool. And then also like you could go as far to maybe say that there is some like some sort of foreshadowing, like messianic theme of like the bride and bridegroom and like that kind of stuff. But I don't know. That's up for conversation, I guess. No, no, no. I think that's a that's a great point. Yeah, well and even like the the masculine portion, I was looking this up because I wanted to, I was curious. Um and and one of the one of the website askinglot.com whether it's a credible website I don't know but it I sounds think this, sounds I think it's pretty accurate in regards to what it means by masculine. Um, it says some psalms are called masculine because of the addition in the addition they impart wisdom. Um, mm. and so a masculine, the sons of Korah, part of it is this impart, impartation of wisdom, and it could, I could totally see it if it alludes to song of, or not song of Solomon. Sorry, if it alludes to Solomon and, and this bride from Egypt, mm-hmm. um, where it is this attributing and ascribing wisdom. Um, in the midst of celebrating their wedding, because I mean, we say that I say this all the time in, in ceremonies with weddings when I officiate them, you know, like even because your sister's getting married here in a little bit, like it's this idea of like our marriage in, in, is meant to reflect the gospel. It's meant to reflect God and and His Son and and the, the hope that we have in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is that picture. I think that you know they attribute wisdom um, into this wedding ceremony for sure. So yeah, I think it's I think that that's that kind of adds a little bit to it for me, but. Well, I think that, yeah, it's funny when you read the uh, the second half of the psalm, it really does 
it almost feels like it could be out of Song of Solomon. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it says, like, just to read a little bit here, it says, All glorious is the princess in her chamber with robes interwoven with gold. In many colored robes, <laughs> wow. she is led to the king with her virgin companions following behind her. With joy and gladness, they are led along as they pass it as they enter the palace of the king in place of your father shall be your sons and you will make them princes of all the earth. So. Seems like a very Solomon type thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it's no flock of goats or, you know, from no, uh, Gilead or Descending down the hills of Gilead. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's not that <laughs> layer or that level. That's why it's the sons of Korah, not Solomon. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, that's, it does, it's a, it does seem a bit off when you traditionally look at um, the Psalms in the book of Psalms. Cause it's like, well, it's a little bit nu- nuancier, a little bit different mm. or, for sure. But um, Makes a little bit of sense to me. Good. That's, I would have never thought about that. So mm-hmm. thank you, Tim. <laughs> thank Thanks, you. Tim. Thank you, Tim. Well, was, we'll that, was that one Tim too? Say what? All three of them. Were. All three of these were Tim questions yes. today. Oh. So we're just giving, I just want to give him a shout out. But, you know? Yeah, know, those are the do questions. Do I know this Tim or no? Um, no. No, but you'll have to meet him one day. He's a stud. We All like right. him a lot. Um, but yeah, those are the questions. I do feel like just before we get into the, the wrapping up, we have a review we want to read as well, but we didn't do justice in introducing Brett. Um, and we just kind of, ran for it. And so I think we forgot to do that piece. So I just have a couple questions for you, Brett, that you get to answer. Ra- rapid fire. <laughs> oh, no. kind of questions, oh okay? man. <laughs> um, so because it is a Let's Read the Bible podcast, we're nope, going to nope, uh, no, 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 don't do ask, that. ask a few biblical questions for you. Oh, no. Um, and so the first question yes, is, the answer is yes. what's Jesus? your favorite book of the Bible? Oh, favorite book of the Bible. Um, Should we take bets on what he's going to say before he answers? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Write it down. All right. Think in, think in your head. Yeah, I just wonder if he's going to say Romans. <laughs> no. Okay, I, I actually really like... F- he's like, uh, I hate Romans. <laughs> no. I like I like uh, First and Second Timothy a lot. Okay. okay. I was going to go John, so we would have both been wrong. Okay. Um, I do like John. I've been working through John in our podcast for the last... It's probably nine, ten weeks now. Ooh. Uh, it's one of my... John's probably... I don't know. It might be my favorite gospel. It's just... Okay. Because it's, it's kind of more with that like loving... Like that love theme and like John's kind of a... Yeah, well, a review is more of God's good. divinity too, or Christ's divinity, yes. which is another layer of t- uh, John. So, but First uh, Timothy, I like the relationship between Paul and Timothy as like the mentor and like a young pastor, mm-hmm. and I think that I I resonate with that right now. Yeah, and so I, I really like that. Yeah, you're the there youngest you one in the room right now, so I love it. There we go. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, back in my day. Uh, this was something that was always asked of pastors and leaders. No. Um, it's not really going to be asked nowadays because I think it's irrelevant to this generation and younger or a little bit older. So millennials and Gen Z is what I mean. But um, do you have what would be called a quote-unquote life, life verse? verse? No, I don't. I actually don't. I'm, th- is there I'm, a verse that resonates with you and the journey God has you on? Because I have like a chapter of the uh, of the book of the Bible that I feel like God, like this is really what stirs my heart and spirit. But... Yeah. So okay. I feel so old asking this question. No, by this the way. is this is good. This is good. I yeah. I actually don't have a life verse. I've been so I've been, I'm kind of a contrarian to the life verse thing. So don't hate me. But like sounds most, like a Westerfield thing. Most people we, who, we do like to play the contrarian. Most people who have like life verses, most of them are just verses that are really out of context and like put into like every random so true part of life. So I don't like to take like one verse and make that like my life's thing because I can lead myself to taking it out of context when I need it in a certain point but one bible story that i resonate with all the time is uh the story of well not all the time recently this past year is the story of lazarus Hmm. and why does jesus wait two days to do anything why why does he not show up on time why does what happens when and i preached a message about this a while back but uh 
you know, we've all had like up, highs and lows. 2020 had probably the worst time of my life and the best time of my life all together in mm -hmm. the same year. And, and I feel like that's kind of the story of that is like Lazarus dies and, and Jesus, and for the people who loved Lazarus, Jesus didn't seem like he necessarily cared all that much until he like showed up and then Lazarus lives. And so it's like this kind of like flow through. So I've been, that story has been like, I've been diving into that and just really mm -hmm. like processing that because there's so many times in our lives where we're like, Jesus, are you like, do you even right. care? Are you around? Like what's going on? And then he shows up and says, like he normally does, like, you know, for God's glory, I'm going to do this. And so that, that would be. Well, it's, it's interesting, but I, I would imagine, I like to think that Lazarus would have chosen to die had he known that. Yeah. Um, hmm. If, if, if Jesus told him, I can come when you're sick and I'll heal you, or I can come after you've died and I will be even more glorified through that. I think Lazarus had the type of relationship with Jesus where he would have been like, okay, let's do the second one. Yeah. Something I always say is that Lazarus wasn't the only one resurrected that day in terms of like everyone else there that saw that found life as well yeah. and, and life more abundantly. And I'm sure that, and cause he told the disciples, we're going to do this so I could show you. Right. And so like the, I, I believe even all the disciples were brought to life that day and, and all the people watching the people weeping and, and also there's that scripture, the shortest scripture in the Bible where Jesus wept. That one has John 1135. <laughs> 1135. John has, uh, not John, uh, that scripture has, um, helped me through a lot and helped me even like talk with some of our students at our church about like emotions and how to work through those things. Like just because like Jesus is like allowing you to walk through this doesn't mean he doesn't feel your pain, you know? Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of good stuff in that story. I love that story. So great. There it is. Okay. This one at this risk of leaving people on a hook, what has been the most challenging passage? Meaning the one that's been the hardest one to swallow, like, Hardest one to accept, but like the one that's like, okay, God, I don't understand this. I'm going to have to defer to you. But what's been like, if you can, like, if there's one passage, like this is the passage that I still don't understand, and I'm not sure I will until I see Jesus. That's a really good question, really tough. It actually was was uh, John 11, the, the Lazarus story, was really hard for me to process. I didn't understand it until I worked through it. So that probably was it for a while back. I don't, I don't know that there is one right now that I'm like really struggling with. I think we all struggle with uh, Leviticus. <laughs> Dude, I'm actually reading through the book of Leviticus it's right so now. It's so hard to process. Dude, when, when the first year that Aaron uh, started the year as, as the co-host, he was like, Dude, we should do an episode on Leviticus. And I was like, you <laughs> you madman. Dude, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. Like, I, And I'm reading a commentary along through the book of Leviticus. Like, That's the yes. book that I'm deep diving into right now is Leviticus. Not like a deep dive into like the 20 foot deep end like Evan did with Job, but yeah. Um, so this is the book I'm in right now. And it actually is pretty, pretty remarkable to yeah. think through some of the things that it's bringing up. But anyway, so one, one that I actually, okay, I, I do have an answer. This has been the last couple of weeks. One that I do, uh, a, a story, I'm a, I'm a storyteller. I like stories. So one of the stories that I, I do wrestle with is when Jesus, uh, went into the, um, temple and started flipping tables and whipping people. And so that like for us, it's like, dope that's sick like like i'm like so down jesus let's i wish do it. i was there to see it but the question that arises is when 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 if ever is that okay for like 
that righteous anger in us to come out? Mm-hmm. And how does that, how, how, how do we like follow the example of Jesus with that being in the story somewhere? Yeah, right. So that, I wrestle with that a lot because we, we talk about blessed are the peacemakers and, and talking about all these different things where we're supposed to be like humble and, and meek and all that. And then, and then Jesus didn't just flip the tables and told, told them to get out. Like he like right. chased him whip, out. He chased him out whipping fools. Like, 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 like bringing the pain, you know, John Cena style. And like, I just, you know, that you can't see me. You can't see me. And uh, so I do wrestle with that. Cause it's like, okay, where do, what do I get from this? Mm-hmm. Is, is this like, is this a, cause a lot of people have a, a, a hard time deciding whether in, in these stories, most people oftentimes like, uh, like the woman caught in adultery. Uh, I always talk about how you're either the, the Pharisees or the woman in that story. But a lot of people think they're Jesus for some reason. That's true. Telling oh, people so that, true. right? And so like, so how do we, how do we follow Jesus without thinking we're him in every story that he's in? So well, dude, that, and that's the tension too. I mean, if, if no other time to see that reality live out is 2020. Yes. Where there's this, I, this is my, a righteous anger. This is a zeal from the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but you're not, you're not defending the house of God. <laughs> yeah. You're defending yeah. your own motives. You're defending your own rights. You're defending your own selfish yes. things. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, like, it, he even said, like, zeal for your house will consume me. Mm-hmm. What Jesus was attacking in that moment was the lack of respect, the lack of awareness, the lack of, of the religious leader's sensitivity to truth and mm-hmm. what the temple's meant to be for. Yeah. And they thought they knew. Um and you're right. How easy it is to fall into prey? Like I'm Jesus in the story. No, you're well, not. Yeah, you're. And I think <laughs> like, the, you're, you're probably you're, one being chased out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will say that most of the time, if not every time, you're you're not Jesus in the story. Every, every like time. <laughs> every single time, like you, you're you're not going to be the one who's saying go and sin no more. You're not going to be the one who says like I don't condemn you, right? Yeah. Well, you're I, either the person who has all you know, no truth and all grace, or all grace and no truth. Yeah, what, that's so good. Person. Well, I think I think the important thing too is to think to ourselves. How do we actually spot wolves, if that makes hmm. sense? And I think yeah, one, yeah. I think one of the things with the story is we're in modern, not in modern day, all throughout Christian history. I think a lot of times we're very quick on the trigger. Um, when, oh yeah, when everyone's see, a false teacher. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's a false teacher from a false prophet. But in reality, no. What they are is they're a dumb sheep. And you know what you are? Yes, you're a dumb sheep. Like yeah, well, we have to. There's, there's blind spots in our lives that people. Uh, that can can lovingly call out, and there's blind spots in others other people's yeah. lives that you can. And again in love, <laughs> call out a little bit. Um, but I think what Jesus is doing in that moment is he's, um, he's taking care of people who are cynically taking advantage of the people of God. And I yes. think that's kind of the difference. And I think that's what he does with the Pharisees as well, yeah. where he's saying, you don't even care about the truth. You just care about holding on to power. Yeah, we have to be able to like discern, like, because going on to that, like everyone's a false teacher nowadays. We have to be able to discern who's a Peter and who's a Judas. Like Peter had a lot of moments where he like probably taught false teaching and probably like, and he messed up a bunch and he looked really dumb and he yeah. didn't do the things Jesus was calling him to. But but Peter also was one of the guys who built the church, right? And yeah. so Peter had a lot of faults and we all have faults. And so like I see these YouTube channels of people, one pastor like preached a message with a scripture out of context and now he's a false teacher. Like, give me a break. And then you have... So you have to decide, is this person a Peter or a Judas? Judas' yeah. heart was corrupt, where Peter had a moment of... Uh, Stupidity. Yeah, 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 where that could be redeemed, and, and I don't know... That well, it's like Apollos. Like, imagine if in, in Acts, uh, Apollos is like... Uh, this guy's an idiot. He's a false teacher. And they're like, so instead of like, instead of uh, like correcting that and saying, yeah. hey, hey, bud, you're uh, you're going astray a little bit. 
here's how we can get you back on track. Instead of doing that, they could have just been like you false teacher and then just exile him. And then all of a yeah. sudden, like one of the great teachers in the history of Christianity would have never, uh, never would have, yeah. would have never happened. Yeah, Crazy. go make disciples. Like, there's a there's part of discipleship that there's a lot more of deception that needs to happen. Yeah. Okay. Two more two questions. Minutes. Very quick. Okay. Again, let's do it. Who's got, the better golfer? We got two minutes. Who's the better golfer? Between me and Brett. Is that what the question? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that's not you can. It's in all. Yeah, right now it's me. But <laughs> no, you, don't have, you don't even want to say right <laughs> now. But for, for the rest of the, for the, for the rest of our lives. Evans, Evans been into golf uh, this last year, really. I, mean, I guess 2020 kind of really jumped into golf. I remember I was one of your first people that you golfed with. I just want the record to show that. Um, so I that was part my of it, first. But, um, so yeah, that was just a fun <laughs> question. And then the, the final question: Who's smarter? Uh, Evans smarter. See, That's I, not true. I, I had to different, give some different, different. No, so who's I was intellectually sm- smarter. I was better. I was better things. at school. He was, but I think he's smarter than me. Yeah, I would agree. So, um, anyways, those are the questions. I just thought it'd be fun for our listeners to get a little bit of context and not just hear, "Hey, this is Evans' brother." Uh, but I think it's important to always like here's here's some of the things that we all wrestle through when it comes to scripture. Man, it's not yeah. easy and complacent. So yeah, or not complacent, but it's not complete. So. Um, real um, quick, I'm going to shift to a review. So, because we got to wrap this thing up. Yeah, we got our sister's uh, fiance's soon to be our brother-in-law his bachelor party to get to. So yeah, yeah. We'll so I'm gonna it. I'm gonna read a review and then I'll let Evan do the outro like he normally does. Um, but we do like reviews. We and we encourage you if you have enjoyed the podcast that we would just ask that you leave a five star review, leave us a written review too because we like to shout those out and uh, be encouraged and challenged by those too. So uh, so I'm just gonna shout out from the 17th of May, uh, Caitlin zero four zero five. Thank you for the, yeah, the five star review. Uh, this is what she said. She said, I'm so glad I stumbled upon this podcast a few months ago when I wanted to learn more about Moses. Evan and Aaron uh, talk about the Bible and its stories like they are recapping a recent reality t- television episode. And I promise, I mean, this is a compliment. I love that. Like, I'm a reality TV yeah, guy. Yeah, it was fun to read. So it was fun. Um, she goes on to say uh, she had a lot of fun. The show is captivating, entertaining, and I've learned so much. Thankful for the show for impacting my faith journey. Keep up the good work. Uh, Caitlin, thank you so much for that review. We appreciate that. Um, and we hope that you continue to be encouraged and uplifted and entertained while we get to talk about something we love, and that's the Bible. So thanks so much for that review. We'd Absolutely. love for anybody else to leave us another review. And with that being said, it's going to wrap it up for this episode of Let's Read the Bible. As a reminder, we are a resource of the Grove Church, but not the only one. So you can go on our website, grove.church, and you can find all of our past messages, as well as our blog uh, entitled Life and Limb. Uh, And if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you'd like to financially contribute to the Grove Church, you can also do that by going to our website. There's a give button in the top right-hand corner. We'd really appreciate it. But Brett, thank you for being here, man. Thanks for for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was tons of fun. Glad we got to do it. We'll have to fly you up again sometime soon and get you yeah. back on here. So. Room and board, <laughs> please. We'll just fly you up. <laughs> we'll have to fly you back up when my legs are broken. <laughs> that way we can all golf and then do the podcast. Yes. There so, you go. Love right. it. See you guys. Have a great day. Next Later. Week. Peace.